Thank you for listening to the Matt's Movie Reviews podcast, available on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Stitcher. Also, please follow Matt's Movie Reviews on Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, Reddit, Instagram, and MeWe. And of course, be sure to visit mattsmoviereviews.net for the latest reviews, top 10 lists, and more. Now, on to the show. Hey there, blog readers. Last night, my wife and I celebrated our 21st wedding anniversary. Unfortunately, I got some bad news which made me focus on less pleasant times. As a distraction, my wife offered me a playful bet if I lost some weight. I was feeling kind of cocky, so I said I could lose 50 pounds in three no months. No way you could do that. What? Then came the I twist. Could if I want it, just 185, so... Bullshit! If you lost that much weight, I'd... I'd let you put your in my... Yeah, and that's nothing compared to what happened next. Anything smaller is not going to get the job done. What job is she talking about? Frank here has convinced his wife to let him take the bang train to A-Town. You're going to let Frank play poot arts with your ass? <laughs> you hop in the shower, stick this guy on the wall, and back up onto it. Don't tease me, bro. So it's sort of like Dances with Wolves meets My Little Pony. (laughs) (laughs) This is going to be fun. Buckle up. Hello and welcome to the Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast. I am your host, Matthew Perkovich, and this is episode number 420. Releasing on digital in the US this March 22nd is Win a Trip to Browntown, a comedy that tells the story of a family man and struggling novelist who makes a bet with his wife that if he can lose 50 pounds in three months, she will reward him with a unique sexual adventure. A surprisingly sweet film with a raunchy edge that delves into themes of marriage and chasing your dreams, Win a Trip to Browntown is the latest film from director, writer, and actor, George A. Tramantanis. And George, I thank you so very much for joining me today. Oh, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. You know, it's really interesting just doing some research on this film because you know, sometimes the inspirations for movies can come up from, from really um, unsuspecting places. And for yourself, the beginnings of this film kind of has very somber kind of origins in, in, in regards to your mother passing away, like, in, in 2016, and my condolences in regards to that. Um, how does that kind of, like, inspire you 
uh, to make this film in particular? Was it just was it this story? Was it could have been could have been any story? Um, or was it kind of like the whole process that came from it? Uh, it was actually kind of the whole process that came from it, um, and it is unique to this story. Uh, so, as you mentioned, uh, my mom passed away in 2016 from cancer, um, and I had put on quite a bit of weight, you know, while she was going through that. Um, in addition to that, I put on a bunch of weight just from raising kids and all that good stuff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, as you mentioned, the, the characters, uh, the char- main character, my character, uh, is a struggling novelist with big dreams. And like a lot of people, sometimes you have to decide, okay, when do I... Do I put these dreams on hold to raise a family and do those things? Or how do I prioritize things? And uh, this character made a decision to have the family, but he keeps wondering what if, and is kind of wrecking things uh, in his personal life. Um, After my mom passed, my mom was somebody who believed in living life to the fullest. Uh, She loved dirty jokes, which helps me. (laughs) Um, And, uh, she was just, she always wanted us to chase these things. Um, and so after she passed too, it's just been a hard time. And, uh, and I knew that people needed to laugh. I needed to laugh and I needed to lose weight. And so I came up with this idea. Um, I said, what can make a guy want to lose weight short of a million dollars? And I had this crazy idea and I asked some other of my married friends and, uh, they all seemed to think, yeah, that's something we'd be interested in as well. <laughs> and they're much normaler, uh, more normal, excuse me, than me. Um, so I went ahead with that. But then I also kind of added into it my own personal story a bit. Uh, and uh, thankfully, my wife and kids loved it and agreed that we should go ahead and make the film. You know, when I um, just, like I said, doing research on you, you're, you're saying to, to yourself, as you said right there, what could motivate um, a middle-aged family man to lose a bunch of weight? I think that will be a great family feud question, and I love to see the answers. To see if whether because you you surveyed a bunch of married men, and as you know, you know Steve Harvey was always like we've been we've asked one hundred married men, so I, I'd imagine that might be the same answer in that regards too. Um, you know, it's it's really interesting also that you know it's like the movie is definitely about a family man is a love of family, love for his marriage, but there's also kind of like the launch crass humour aspect of it. You yourself are a fan of films like Animal House, Porky's, Kaddishak. Those films do the protagonists are teenagers. In regards to yourself, your movie, your protagonist is essentially kind of like almost like a semi-autobiographical, except for one element, which you made very clear at the beginning of your movie, um, which you, I reckon, I think you should make a, a T-shirt for your wife so she, she can wear that. And for people who don't know, if you, if you haven't seen the film or... Or, or you will pretty much the movie begins with this is not based on any type of true story or what, what have you kind of like the opposite of what horror movies do right but where everything's based on true story um but whether those films were about teenagers you yourself are um, uh, uh, um family man um you like i imagine probably around the same age as i am probably in our 40s um to bring into the more, the more the more kind of sweet aspect to the story, is that just come with maturity of aging? Is that just like a natural aspect of it? Or is that something that you really want to do? You didn't want that, but the the hook of the story to overtake the the, the drama of what you're trying to present. Uh, thanks for noticing that. Um, actually, it's <laughs> as you mentioned, I do like uh, raunchy comedies, but with age also, and having kids who are teens, and now my son's in college. Um, 
I did want to keep, how do I put it, have it be something more than just a dirty joke. Right. Um, you know, that that's something, you know, a bunch of guys would make on YouTube for fun. Uh, I wanted, you know, to have emotional moments and just kind of, sh- I, I guess, share a little bit of what I've learned in my years in case it helps anybody. Um, I've been married for 25 plus years. My wife and I have been together over 30. Uh, and you do have a different perspective later in life. But like I said, I still haven't lost that uh, inappropriate joke side of me, which is why I wanted to make this film uh, for people around our age, like you said, who might be able to appreciate it more. Um, I get a lot of great comments from women who weren't expecting it to be sweet and they come out and they're like, wow, (laughs) I enjoyed watching that, which is great. Always makes me feel good. What I really loved about the film is that, you know, I can relate in a lot of ways to yourself and your character in that you and I, uh, we're creative types, we're writers, we're dreamers. Um, and we are also family men as well. And there's always that balancing act between between being creative and, and providing for your family. And sometimes the creative element just can't do that. You have to take on different types of jobs. I don't know, I can't tell you the amount of different jobs I've had in the last 12 years in retail and, you know, editing and sub-editing and what have you. And I hated every bit of it. Um, but it always comes back to what I'm doing right now. I've been doing this for 15 years and it always comes back to this. So always, this is what I want to do, this is what I love doing. And you have a really great, a great um, quote, a quote in your movie, which is, um, my whole life is family time. It really feels like that sometimes, isn't it? Because when you write, you need to be on your own. You need to kind of like have the ideas come with you. You need to have that quiet. And it can't happen. It often doesn't. Um, in regards to that aspect of the story, how much of that is really you kind of like just kind of like exercising some demons of your own personal um, experiences when it comes to trying to create, trying to write and putting that into the screenplay so you can just kind of like funnel it out and get it out there and let people know about because I felt it. Trust me, I felt it. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, I agree. Many, many creatives and people with dreams will relate to it. I've gotten that from other people, which I appreciate. Um, an actor who had nothing to do with the film ended up seeing it somewhere. And he told me after watching it, he felt like he had to apologize to his wife. <laughs> um, but uh, it was it was exercising demons. Uh, as a matter of fact, I definitely had to rein it in a little bit before I gave a draft to my wife. And then even then I was like, it's really not you. It's me, you know, exaggerating those demons in me. Um, it, it took her it took her aback a little bit. Uh, and it, it led to some good discussions too, between the two of us, but, uh, at the same time, she knew kind of it, it was true. Um, to be honest, I'd been wanting to make an independent film, uh, ever since the kids were super little. Um, but she said, no, it's not the right time. No, it's not the right time. And she was right. And like I said, the moment came later in life. Um, and I think it also goes to show you, like you said, you feel like you got to push this dream, you know, if, if it doesn't happen now, it's not going to happen. I don't think that's true. Exactly. Um, the writer of Gosford Park, who also created uh, Downton Abbey, <laughs> he didn't get his first script produced till he was I think, 70, <laughs> 60 or 70. And, you know, he's had a huge career now. So I, I just think things come when they're meant to be as long as you're open to them. It's interesting that uh, there's, there's almost kind of like parallels, the, parallel storylines going on where 
your character has to deal with the limitations of his life that have been placed upon him and he has to just deal with it and, you know, he has to adapt to it, et cetera. Where on the role that um, Kendra plays in, in the movie of Laura, your wife, she has to kind of deal with kind of loosening the limitations that she's placed on her life. And I don't mean that in any type of pun whatsoever. Um, but it's really kind of interesting kind of like juxtaposition between the two of them. Um, first thing I want to ask, though, Kendra McDermott, casting her in a role of your wife, um, how did you find her? Did you know of her beforehand? How did you know that she was the one to, to take the role? Because it is a gutsy role because you're dealing with taboo issues in this movie. She needs to be comical, but also at the same time, that very kind of Goldie Horn thing where I think she has, which is she's, it's very comical, but there's also sticking the landing when it comes to traumatic aspects of the, of the character as well. Uh, thanks. I, I was very fortunate with Kendra. Um, so when I was holding the auditions, I, I did put the title out there. And the reason I kind of enjoy our title is only about half the people can figure out what it's really about <laughs> <laughs> or, or jump to that assumption at least. Um, so, but I mentioned, you know, it's a raunchy script and uh, there's no nudity, but yada, yada, yada. And uh, she came in and I saw a lot of talent here in Seattle, um, but she just kind of nailed it in that. Um, I think she kind of gets it. She gets a little bit of the uh, my character side because she's an a- actress in her real life. Uh-huh. But at the same time, she has two little boys and she understands um, kind of that conservativeness and just the hesitancy of the whole thing. And, uh, you know, even it was even crossing her mind. What are what are my kids, friends, parents going to say when they see this film and it comes out? Uh, as a matter of fact, she's she had to talk to the she works at her kid's school and she had to talk to the principal to warn him about <laughs> her film just in case. Um, but she's that's just who she is. And it really came through in the audition. Plus, when I saw her with the other two uh, female characters that she pairs along with, it was just a great match. And uh, yeah, she really helped pull this thing through. The Matt's Movie Reviews podcast is brought to you by 80s Tees. 80s Tees is an online retailer of licensed t-shirts and pop culture gear from your favorite movies, TV shows, cartoons, video games, comic books, and musicians. Celebrate your inner 80s nerd and click on the link in the show notes below to get the raddest retro t-shirts delivered to your door. The Matt's Movie Reviews podcast is brought to you by Loot Crate. Founded in 2012, Loot Crate is the worldwide leader in fan subscription boxes. Loot Crate partners with industry leaders in entertainment, gaming, sports, and pop culture to deliver monthly themed crates, produce interactive experiences in digital content, and film original video productions. No matter what you geek out about, Loot Crate has a subscription box for you. To get your very own exclusive collectibles, apparel, and gear delivered to your door, be sure to click on the link in the show notes below. The Matt's Movie Reviews podcast is also brought to you by Voodoo. Watch the latest movies and TV shows anytime, anywhere. No subscriptions, no contract. Enjoy stunning quality in up to 4K ultra high definition at home and download and watch on your mobile device as well. To rent and buy from over 100,000 titles or watch thousands of movies free with Voodoo Movies on us, be sure to click on the link in the show notes below. Now, back to the show. So 
so let's dive into like the the the, the word we haven't even said yet. Okay, anal sex. Okay, we're just we're just gonna put it out there, right? When it comes to her, the character of um of uh, Laura that came to place, she's gonna go gone through this new kind of experience. She has a sister that kind of guides her along. The sister's kind of like the kind of like the almost like a the tropey kind of like a stock um, character in the film that's just really raunchy and unapologetic about it, you know. <laughs> Um, and she they go through like all the different you know um, what's a what's a word I can I can get the practical aspects of it all I guess you could say when it comes to that stuff right there and going to the sex shop and all that kind of stuff you know I'm not I'm not prying anyway whatsoever regards to personalized whatever but how much of this stuff did you know of beforehand how much were you learning of throughout the making of the film and is there other people in the film kind of like like. Kendra, et cetera, not that you could speak for her, we're kind of like saying, huh, I, I never knew the, of this kind of like different uh, industry and elements that come with this uh, this particular sexual act. Um, I, like I said, just because it's my humor, I've, I've read kind of some stories about those things, um, people's like journals, um, but there was a certain amount I had to educate myself and it was kind of funny because I learned very quickly that uh, I need to get and use the incognito mode in my browser because my <laughs> kids were like, Dad, what are you searching? <laughs> it was also kind of bad because I was researching things on Amazon. And so, like, the next time my wife hopped on Amazon, I was like, if you like this. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, there, there was a certain amount of, of research that uh, just kind of recommended practices that had to be uh Research, yes. <laughs> you know, I and I also read that you know your character has to lose these fifty pounds. You actually lost the fifty pounds, didn't you, in during the making of this movie? And it's really interesting because the film—it's an independent film. You have so many hats with it. I imagine the stress on it would have been enormous. Usually, stress equates to weight gain, but you're doing weight loss. I'm sure a lot of people want to know what is the secret to to it all. Is it just really come down to the basics of? Lots of exercise, good diet. Is that pretty much the, the general gist of it? Um, yes, I, that is the general gist of it. Um, when I first started, I mean, it, I just kind of easily started by using a, a Fitbit and just getting my steps up and just cutting out snacks and food that were bad for you. And then towards the end, I was cutting a lot more than that. <laughs> and I was working a lot harder than that. Um, I'm one of the few people that are kind of opposite. When I get stressed, I, it depends on the kind of stress, but filmmaking stress, I get so busy, I forget to eat, to be honest. Mm. So it works out well for me. Um, we shot, uh, we had to shoot my character's role in real time, essentially, because of this weight loss. So, and because it's a low budget movie, everybody was working on the weekends. We shot for 12 weekends over three months. So that gave me the time. It, it was still hard. <laughs> In addition, as you mentioned, to being the director, producer, uh, sometimes costumer, set designer. <laughs> but uh, it, it, I managed. Unfortunately, due to the pandemic and post, I put on probably half of it back. But, <laughs> you know, um, speaking to a lot of independent filmmakers over the years, one thing that really comes to the fore of our conversations when it comes to getting their films done is to, sometimes you just have to use the resources that are at your disposal. You know, you don't have the studio backing, maybe the funding is as big as other people. Um, your resources are very much your family. Um, your wife is a producer on the film as well. Um, your children, just to get the names right, Manoli and Eleanor. 
Um, yeah. Both great. both appear in the movie as well, uh, playing your children, of course, in the movie. Um, and on top of that, I'm sure they would have been helping now with all sorts of different stuff as well. It was, a lot of it was filmed in your house. I mean, it, when it comes down to the crux of it, to make a film, especially at the at the independent level, sometimes you just have to use what you've got, don't you? And I imagine for a lot of people out there who are, are I mean, and are in about whether to make a film or not, you, I guess maybe the advice you might have for them is just go ahead and do it, use what you got, and then just you know, and just just do it because I think sometimes people outthink themselves uh, when it comes to a creative process like filmmaking. I agree with everything you said. Um, one of my favorite independent director books is uh, Rebel Without a Crew by Robert Rodriguez. Yeah. And in that one, you know, he just says, you know, when you write a story that you want to make, make, you know, write it with what you have. And as you mentioned, I had my home. Um, we filmed the pitch fest scenes at my kid's high school. And there's a community college nearby that played the exterior of schools. Um, and uh, so I wrote with, with what I had. Uh, and as you mentioned, my family jumped in at every point. My wife cooked for the casting crew in addition to help me organize things as producer. Uh, my kids were PAs, sometimes set decorators, sometimes everything. Uh, it, it, was a, it was a learning experience for all of them. And I think I've done my job when I say that my kids don't want anything to do with filmmaking after this. So They don't want to. So the, the experience is too grueling for them. <laughs> My, no, my son, uh, he, he's actually much like his character. He's going to be a, uh, he's into robotics and he's a mechanical engineer in the UW and he's way smarter than I. <laughs> I make movies about butts and he builds <laughs> robots. So there you go. It's really interesting. My my oldest son, he's nine. So he's, he's young, but his dream is to be a uh, robotics engineer when he grows up. So it's good to know that there is a way to, to get it done. So that's it's awesome. It's funny. It's funny you say that because my son was insisting ever since he was about eight or nine too that that's what he wanted to do. Yeah, and by God, Gummy's done it. So you, you, yeah, keep your fingers crossed. Yeah, I do. You know, my thing is like whatever my children want to do, I want to encourage them to to be that, because as you and I have kind of touched on before, there's nothing worse than doing a job that is that isn't what you want to do you know you know the old adage you know find what you love and do it so you know if i can get my if my children want to do that i want to try to help them along and get to it and it's great great to hear that you're doing the same for your kids too you live in uh seattle is that is that correct yes seattle. But before that you were in la uh you're trying to make it as a screenwriter there um you know for some reason it doesn't work these things don't work out you became a family man etc but now what's really interesting is that you moved to Seattle all these years later, you made your film and your film is showed back in late February at the Hollywood Chinese theater in LA, which I'm sure you would have walked past many times and, and maybe even checked out the filming as well. How much of a surreal experience was that for you considering just the rather experience that you've had throughout the years and to make a movie and to have it premiered, it would have been just so, so excellent. You described it pretty well. It was totally a surreal experience. Um, my wife and I are both from Seattle. Uh, we did our undergraduate up here, and then we moved down to L.A. so I could chase these film dreams. Uh, I went to USC's film school and uh, was trying my hand at being a screenwriter, but it it was stressful. And so, as you mentioned, we had, I had to make that choice, kind of like my character. And we came back up to Seattle back then. 
Um, but even when I lived down there, it was really funny because the Chinese theater was one of those places that we had been to the outside multiple times. And like, I kept meaning to go see a film there, kept meaning mm. to go, but we never seemed to have the time. Um, and so to have my film be the first film I see there was awesome. You know, it's really interesting. Your character in, in the movie, his thing is always about making positive stories. Um, he's a novelist and, you know, there's like the whole kind of like a pitch fest that happens in the film and everyone's like pitching stuff about, you know, the patriarchy and suicide and what have you. And your thing is like, I'm going to make a positive story. And I think you really have created a positive story here. Um, we've um, win a trip to Browntown. Um, how important was it for you to have this film be a real positive film for you to, because, you know, not only did I feel the things that your character felt because, you know, as writers, as creatives, I can understand where a lot of stuff comes from. As a family man, I understand a lot of things come from. But it's so cool for it to end the film on, on, a, on, a, on a note where there's this kind of positivity to it that kind of rings really loud at it. I think it's really cool that you did that. Oh, thanks. Uh, well, that was part of, um, like I said, I had gone through a hard time. And there, actually, when I was starting to think of scripts, before this, I had written one where I kind of had gone down a dark path. And I just felt that if people who know me, that's not really who I am much, mm. or at least not, not outwardly. And uh, so, yeah, I just, I don't know. In my mind, if I'm going to work on something a really long time, and it's been a long time since <laughs> since the inception of the idea, you know, you want to make something, A, that you want to see and that you don't mind working on for multiple years. Um, and if it was heavy, I don't, it would have been a lot harder. Um, but I just, I like it and I like that my kids like it and my wife likes it and family and friends like it. Um, it gives me a positive feeling to share positivity. Uh, I think Ted Lasso shows kind of everybody needs a little bit positivity right now. Absolutely. And look, I like the film as well, and I recommend everyone to check it out. Digital comes out in the US March 22nd, Win a Trip to Browntown, the latest film from George A. Tramontanis. I just want to say thank you so much for your time today, George. Uh, thank you for the movie. And uh, look, man, when, when you're ready to get back on that horse and make another film and it comes out, please let me know. I'd love to talk to you again. Oh, that'd be great. I, I've had a great time. Uh, and thank you for having me. Uh, it, just so anybody knows, if you're curious to learn more about the film, we have a website, cryptobrowntown.com. Awesome. Thank you so and much. I, and I'm pretty sure you have a Facebook page as well, yes? Yes, Facebook slash Trip to Browntown. Awesome. Thank you, George. Thank you.